This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Yes, it is. It's a podcast and you love it. I'm joined now by Dr. Mike Palin um, from here at the University of Otago. We're going to talk about his talk uh, this afternoon, Greenhouse Rock, How Geologists Can Stop Global Warming. Good morning to you, Michael. Mike. Howdy. How are we today? Oh, good, good. Mm, very good, very good. Welcome to Radio 1. Thank you. Um, right. Um, now, we've all heard uh, about some forms of biological carbon sequestration. Sequestration. I knew I was going to sequestration. Say. Sequestration. Um, you know, um, trees, obviously, yes. uh, especially through a rest- uh, forest reforestation uh, that is cycled. Uh, because, of course, we know trees, they die, and then they release the carbon back into the atmosphere. But if you can keep uh, up with replanting and la, la, la. Uh, ocean dumping of carbon is something that we some people may have heard before. Uh, it's something that's been talked about. But not many of us would have heard about um, mineral carbonization. How does it work? Well, actually, it's um, we're just mimicking nature. Mm-hmm. So on long time scales... Uh, there's a process called chemical weathering that takes place to rocks on the surface of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how Earth moderates its CO2 levels in the atmosphere on very long time scales, tens to hundreds of millions of years. And, of course, as a geologist, those are just drops in, the, in a long span of Earth history mm-hmm. uh, that we're used to dealing with. It's a slow process, but it keeps uh, our atmosphere within a nice uh, range. And basically what it is is that... Uh, in water, carbon dioxide dissolves. Mm-hmm. It combines with um, elements that are released when rock weathers, and those elements combine with the carbon dioxide and precipitate solid carbonate minerals. Okay. And in fact, this happens in the oceans. It happens in fresh waters. Uh, it happens in deserts. It happens in rainforests. It happens everywhere. But it's very slow. Stalactites and stalagmites. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And oh, so it's a, go. it's a common process. Um, what we're proposing is that we find locations where the rocks release their elements a little bit more rapidly. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can add a little bit of heat, do it underground, but basically that we speed up this natural process to try to, uh, amongst many strategies. Uh, take some of the CO2 out of the atmosphere. Okay. So does that uh, essentially create more rock? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so it's you're building uh, mountains. In, in a way, in a yeah. manner of speaking, um, it will take tremendous effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But these are the kinds of things that geologists do, or at least help to do. We, yeah. we find resources for society, and we're kind of used to working with engineers to build uh, mines and yes. big holes in the ground. And, yes. of course, those are those are ugly scars on the surface of the earth, but they also provide society with a lot of the resources that that we need to have our, our civilization as we have it. And so this would be a way of taking that knowledge mm-hmm. and skill and using it to try to, uh, amongst other things, decrease the problem that is really, really 
well and truly on our doorstep now. It's interesting because, in a way, uh, you cause the problem, and in the way you're trying well, to. Well, <laughs> well, you help. We, we <laughs> geologists are servants of, of mankind. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, we give we give society what it demands. No, it, there's an aspect of that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I think. But we consume, so we're just yeah. I I think it's um uh, the I guess the idea is is that we as geologists we understand these long-term cycles Mm -hmm. and that's why most of us not all of us i mean there are oil company geologists too that are quite conservative and and deny that such a thing is taking place but i think most geologists realize that uh you cannot put co2 into the atmosphere a nice number that i like to think of is that in less than 200 years we have, as a society, burned two mil- 200 million years worth mm. of stored carbon. So the Earth, sequest- uh, the, the Earth sequesters carbon naturally. Yes, yes. Uh, and that's what coal and oil and gas are all about. Um, it took 200 million years for that to be sequestered naturally, and in 200 years, less than 200 years, we're burning it. You cannot expect the surface yeah. of the earth not to respond to that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, when you're talking about mines, uh, open cast and, and um, you know, tunnel form mines, could we use those spaces? Oh, certainly. And in fact, w- an interesting aspect of this is that um, in some places in the world, these kind of rocks that when they weather at the surface, mm-hmm. they release the elements combined with the carbon and make solid carbonate, that those waste piles are actually undergoing this process naturally mm. right now. It's ground up rock, so it's fine grained. It reacts more quickly. Yeah. And in fact, that's where some of the inspiration of doing this has come from. Now, not all rocks are of equal weatherability, Yes, and as a consequence, not all. So, for example, if we go up to our own local open cast mine in McCray's Mine, North Otago, the rock there doesn't really contain a lot of the elements that would be good for making carbon. Mm -hmm. But New Zealand does have a belt of rocks, places called Dun Mountain, Red Mountain, the Red Hills. Ah. Those are rocks that contain abundant magnesium and iron. Because you need the, the, that's that's the bonding the, material. Those, right? are the, those are the elements that bond with the carbonate. Yeah. And so we actually have more than our fair share of the kind of rocks that weather very rapidly at Earth's surface. And if we could supply carbon, carbon dioxide to those, we'd begin the lockup process. It, they're already on doing that yeah it's quite slow yeah yeah so yeah. the question is would and this is going to be controversial <laughs> if new zealand could do more than its fair share mm-hmm. more than its fair share maybe 10 times maybe 100 times more mm-hmm. would we sacrifice some of our mountains to save help save the world what what does it look like to do this uh well it would be a big open cast mine oh really and it would yeah so it's not going to be pretty yeah it's not pretty but i mean but it's 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 uh we're getting into 
a desperate situation. Mm. This mm. is a, this would be a massive desperation effort. Yeah, there is no doubt about it. And it's not the only thing. It's not the best thing. The best thing would be to sequester carbon in soils. And well, the yeah. absolute best thing is to is to cut back on our emissions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, we've gone through so many international agreements, and all we do is nothing. Yeah, next time. Next time, oh yeah, we'll meet yeah. up again in another six months. Um, so we really need a Bruce Willis and Armageddon moment, right? This is what this is like—a last achievement. I, I, well, that's—I I guess one of the reasons I'm promoting this is is that people realize what the scale of the problem is. It's mm. it's it's not just about not buying this product or that product or riding a bicycle or whatever. It's a massive pro- yeah. pro- problem, and there is no slowdown. I mean, emissions are, on the average, going up exponentially. It's not that they're slowing. It's not that they're leveling off. It's not that they're decreasing, which is what's necessary. They're still going up exponentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Uh, And it's only going to continue as the developed world becomes more of a middle class. That's right. Right? That's right. Once once those people start to consume. So we have to confront ourselves with the ugly realities. And in some ways, this is... A upfront, in-your-face, hey, what yep. you going to do? New Zealand's got to get rid of that attitude of like, oh, we only produce a certain amount. You know, it's so small, it's insignificant. It's a, less than a day's worth in China, um, and that, that's an attitude we see from politicians as well, and that's quite dangerous. Yes, yes, it is. Um, interesting. So they've had test plants, right? There's been one in, yes. uh, in Iceland, I believe. Two, two de- very different uh, locations. One is in the deserts of of Oman. Yes, and um, and also in Iceland, mm. different kinds of rocks, very different kinds of climates. But the commonality is that the rocks, when they're exposed to carbon dioxide in a stream of water underground, they will crystallize solid carbonate very rapidly. And it and it's almost there's a little bit of geologic magic that, that takes place in this, mm-hmm. because as the minerals crystallize, they actually crack open the rock, providing more. Gas. Fractures and more surface yeah. for the process uh, to take place at. Oh wow! Okay, and and this is something that really has surprised people because we've done it on the lab bench and it's slow. The the actual experiments out in the field go faster than we would expect. Mm-hmm. So there's hope. So and I, I guess. Was Oman a little bit more successful than Ireland, given the temperature? Uh, it, well, in the subsurface, both are actually more similar than their oh. surface temperatures. Yeah, 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 of course, so. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's amazing. And I guess it is all all about you know, are we willing to do it in our backyard uh, and not in my backyard? Especially people that live near the Red Mountains or whatever you're talking about, because you know we've we've seen through the years in, in Dunedin, if people remember when they were talking about putting um, wind generators on the Laminal Ranges, and you know. Brian Turner and buddy Anton, what's his name, the former All Black, none of my backyard, and and then it disappeared. Oliver. You know, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. And we had a great chance to ha- to produce some clean green energy. Um, you know, and and I love tussocks more than you know most probably, <laughs> um, but still, I was willing to sacrifice those tussocks. I I think that that's the, the key is is to get into a mindset that where you're willing to start. Enduring some cost, and that. Yeah, well, and we've got no once choice. once you're in that mode of thinking, then you're going to say, "Well, maybe instead of that, I'll I will ride my bike." Hmm. 
then the the prices might be a little bit more easily borne. Yeah, the longer we take, the higher the price, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And yes. um, we're already seeing clock that, is yeah. not stopping at all mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, I I don't know why the insurance companies aren't backing ideas like this because well, they're the ones that pay out. It's interesting because you know you look at uh, and I get into arguments with contrarians online all the time. <laughs> but one of the things is if you look at the markets and you look at insurance and things like sea level rise, yeah, and hazards that from climate change and things like banking on uh, farming, large farming in in marginal areas and things. They are taking notice, yeah, and there there are financial markets that are responding to this more quickly than the general populace, and certainly more quickly than your average politician. Mm, indeed, indeed. All right. So your talk is today from twelve through to one o'clock at the Center of Sustainability. Yes. Yeah. Perfect place to have it. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be discussing um, this in, in, in anything else? The, uh, well, just this kind of the, the background to it. I yeah. think that a lot of people think that geologists are on the wrong side of the issue. Uh, the vast majority of <laughs> yeah, yeah. us aren't. And so it's a little bit of a, of a, a perception mm-hmm. change there. And I'm, I'm more than willing to answer questions on it. It, it is a controversial subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, of course it is, but it's not supposed to be. But for some reason, uh, politicians and the powers that be tend to listen to the ones of you that are on the other side of the coin because it's better for their bottom line. Hey, um, well, Michael, thank you so much for coming in this oh, morning. Oh, fantastic. Thanks, I'm, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. That was a fucking Radio 1 podcast, mate. There's heaps more at r1.co.nz.